Ready? Hello, and welcome to Rhythm and Pixels, the video game music podcast. This is episode 3-6. I am one of your hosts, Rob Nichols. And I am the chip-eating host, Cornell <laughs> Vaughn. He wants to uh, apologize to our listeners for his mouth noises. No, I don't. Those were delicious <laughs> chips. I was eating chips last episode. They were all dressed up ruffles. They were banging. All right. They were dressed up for what? They were dressed up for my mouth. <laughs> they were going for a permanent visit. <laughs> All right, let's let's get some things out of the way here right now. Okay, you ready? I am deep into the cave story. Good. I spent almost all of Sunday. We record, we record these usually on Tuesdays. Tonight's Tuesday, and I played a ton on Sunday. Oh my god, it got so good. What was the last boss you fought? The last boss I fought was um, Sue. Who turned into the crazy? Oh Mika? yeah, I remember that made me sad. Oh my god! I, I, and I and then once the fight ended and I saw what happened, I had to put the controller down and I'm like, okay. And then you go back outside and the music's all happy again. I know. I'm like, this took a turn. Okay. Um. What, so yeah, I'm really, really enjoying it. I'm really excited to play through the rest of it. Probably the rest through. I mean, not this weekend, but the next weekend. Um, and then if you don't get the other ending, you'll go back. I probably will go back. I've really enjoyed it. It's really difficult platforming, really floaty, like slidey type stuff. They give you some options later that make the platforming a little smoother. Well, I didn't realize the machine gun let you like kind of push off the ground. Like I discovered that by accident. Yeah, isn't it an awesome weapon? It's really fun. But um, yeah, so I got Cave Story Plus for Steam. And I was having some difficulty because I didn't realize it was like updated graphics. And I, I, it's, I knew it was updated music because it didn't sound what, like... they changed the graphics? Yeah, it's like cleaned up lines. I'll have to show you before you leave tonight. Um, but the uh, the foreground and the background are actually much harder to differentiate. So, what, so once I, I found the setting to change it back to original graphics, it just made a lot more sense to me. And I, I actually been enjoying it a lot more. Although the, uh, the character artwork is super awesome. Don't get me wrong; it looks beautiful in um, in, the, in the remake, but I, I really like the original graphics. It's much easier for me to play. I like the aesthetic, and, then, and I, I personally enjoy the original music a lot more. It's just ditto. It fits. It fits the the whole theme. It's it's really good. I agree. Like I have the DS version, which is probably what Plus is based on, mm. and uh, the music just wasn't holding up the wasn't holding up the pedestal, so yeah. to speak. I mean, it's good, but. It's, it's not the old school. It's yeah, not the original. Good. It's like it was composed for like that style, you know. And I will say I have to apologize in advance if I seem unlike myself. Yeah, what's today. you been up to? Um, I well, I went to a wedding last weekend, <laughs> um, and got a little rowdy there. But it was a lot of fun. Good yeah. friends of mine, mutual buddy from the East Coast Pokemon League. Which, for the record, if you've never heard of it but you love Pokemon, you should join this thing on Facebook. But um, I went to that, and then last night, because I'm going to ASIN this coming weekend, MA Central, I wanted to have my street passes ready for a game called Bravely Second, mm -hmm. which meant I really should push through Bravely Default on the Nintendo 3DS. And I did that, and I got to the ending at 3 o'clock this morning. <laughs> oh, um, wow, Pernell. It was awesome, though. The ending, that there's a, there's a chug between four chapters in the game where... Cap Square made probably one of the stupidest design choices ever. Huh. Anyone who's played this game knows exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, but if you stomach through it, 
They give you this beast of an ending sequence. They give you a, battle, a boss theme that rivals anything from the Final Fantasy series as far as I'm concerned. Oh, wow. And uh, I was giddy. So um, I did that. I'm exhausted. And now to power through the episode, I'm drinking Gronk. Monster Monster Gronk. Monster Energy Gronk. I see you come in here a lot of times with the Monster Energy beverage, which is not a sponsor of our show. We have, we have no oh, sponsors. No. But... but um. I'm only calling it out because the name is Energy Gronk. It all tastes like dishwasher fluid to me, man. I kind of does, but I got to admit, I have a bit of a liking for dishwasher fluid. <laughs> I mix it with my Kool-Aid every once in a while. It comes out real sweet and uh. keeps my mouth especially clean. Um, <laughs> oh, hey, hey, clean. Clean is a good segue. Today's topic is super clean. Oh, yeah. We're talking very child-friendly unless you're a man or a woman who has a thing for weird box art. And angry animators who slap things in the middle. But we're talking about eh, eh. Disney. We're talking Disney games, specifically Capcom Disney games. Um, so Capcom and Disney had a passionate love affair in the late 80s, early 90s, and produced an amazing set of beautiful platforming action games that are just fantastic. Great music. You know, the Capcom composers were all on board, and it's good stuff. So... Yeah, that's a great idea. It really limited the games we're choosing from, too. And it limited it mostly to um, uh, classic consoles. I got to admit, though, I got the idea. Well, not directly, but it was influenced by somebody on the group, of all things, on our Facebook group. Um, Basically, we have a number of people who will comment and talk about stuff on the Facebook page. And there's one person named Rebecca Gruber who shared a link to a track series of tracks from a game called like a Snow White game. <laughs> it was a that Snow was White Super game. Yeah, it was so funky. It was yeah. the funkiest Snow White. I was trying to tell Christy, I'm like, yo, this, this game is Snow White. Snow White's jamming out in this game. <laughs> it was really good. I was surprised. Like, she sent it and I saw the image. I'm like, oh man, I don't know if I've ever heard of a Snow White game. Yeah. I'm not expecting much. And then I opened it up. I was like, holy crap. This girl knows what she's talking about. And then from there, my thought was wait a minute, there's other options that can spiral out of this, other topics. And yeah, the yeah. first one that came to mind was, for some reason, Disney Capcom games. Well, I mean, there's a lot of really popular, well-known stuff, like, you know, the DuckTales game and then the Chippendales Rescue Rangers games. Um, I'm going to start us off with, um, actually, Chippendales Rescue Rangers 2 for the NES, and this is Stage 6, The Future World. Ooh. Stage 6 Future World from the game Chippendales Rescue Rangers 2 
for the Nintendo Entertainment System. The composer on this one is Minae. It's got there's like an A and an E in there. Uh, Minai Fuji E. And um, I, I, this track caught me because it's got that kind of like funky, like funk groove. I can tell this is like Capcom because this has a Mega Man-y grind. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's the same music composer from Mega Man games, but doesn't this sound like a Mega Man stage? Oh yeah, without a doubt. It's like um, yeah, it sounds like like a, there's like there should be some something mechanical going on in the background. But yeah, I guess that kind of makes sense. This is like the future future world, future world stage. Now, I've never played this one. I think Rescue Rangers 2 is pretty rare in the States. Rescue Rangers 2, yeah, it was one of the later releases for mm-hmm. the NES, yeah. and it didn't get a lot of prints. And if I recall correctly, and I think DuckTales 2 had the same problem where when it was released, it was more of the same. And I feel like a lot of people just kind of saw, like, well, I'll just play the original one. It's the same game, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, have, I, don't, I don't have that kind of money to buy a rehash, and they just kind of ignored it. But now, as adults, it's like, eh, I never got to play that Chippendale 2. <laughs> I want to play it. Yeah, the music on the later NES games got really, really good, really complicated. What's interesting with the... Oh, I love this section. <laughs> that, that chord right there. Um, the uh, What's interesting about Capcom NES titles is that the... The, the instruments used it's they only use the three channels um and i don't believe they they use very often any additional chips like the konami would use it or sunsoft would use and they really rarely ever use any samples samples in the nes so it's very like stripped down very very like this is what you get you know like, like pure um, very pure sound yeah like yeah the Mega Man games is a lot like that too you don't hear a lot of like the heavy drums all the drums are this this uh clicky clacky noise channel stuff so but because of that, I find that the melodies and, and the uh, the bass lines are really like complicated and really interesting. Also, they give you a, they make they feel more memorable too. Cause like I mean, there's tons of great game music that uses instruments very well. Let's be realistic here. But when you take the uniqueness of taking chip sounds to mm-hmm. emulate instrument sounds, oh totally, yeah, it leaves a lasting impression on your. On, leaves a lasting impression on your taste. So it's easier for me to recall, say, a Chippendale track or, or a Mega Man track. And I think a lot of our listeners can back that too. Like, oh, yeah. Mega Man, come on. Or even um, uh, what, what comes to mind for me, like from like a stripped down instrumentation, like NES instrumentation, is um, uh, Little Nemo, the Dream Master. Right. Oh, that's a good choice. Yeah, very, very good. It's like Tati really turvy. Yeah, really memorable, really, really like fantastic music. But yeah, only using the three channels. It's not like um, yeah, Castlevania. Where they throw in those extra channels, or uh, the Sunsoft games, where they throw in all that sampled bass, and, and Konami, where they sample a lot of their drums. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna get out of the uh, the whole technical side. This track is just a jam. Like, I can see this being like um... time traveling chipmunks going to the future to yeah. set things right by hurling mechanical boxes at mechanical flowers and mechanical dogs. It's like you're inside my head. You yeah. know, it's <laughs> it's my special ability, man. I'm psychic, man. You know? All right, so I've got a few tracks from you. What are you going to pick for us first? Well, let's keep this train moving with the Chip and Dale side of things, but let's go to the first game. Step it back a notch. All righty. And we're going to kick it down with Zone F. Zone F. That's all it is, Zone F. From Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers, mm-hmm. the first one. <laughs> Epic Beginnings. <laughs> 
Welcome back. You are listening to Zone F from Chippendale's Rescue Rangers, <laughs> written and composed by Hiromi Fujita. Ooh. Um, this is... I felt kind of guilty for picking this because it's a bit of a repetitive kick, but it's an awesome repetitive mm. kick. And also because the track I was interested in picking, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, this is a, it's really good, and it takes me back to a nice... Nice, interesting period of getting thrown out of my friend's house. Um, <laughs> Chippendale, how do you put it? Chippendale was a cooperative game, which, as you know, if you were a broke kid growing up and one friend had a co-op game, everyone kind of converged on his place to co-op. I think this is like together. one of like the first like co-op games like I've seen on the NES. I was actually really surprised that it was cooperative, only like really playing a lot of uh, versus or you know, trade-off type games. Oh, it felt like a versus game, though, because <laughs> yeah. you could auto-scroll people. You could scroll people off the screen when you go upwards and they lose health, or you could grab them. And throw them at enemies, and or throw them off the screen, and they could take damage. And um, I used to do that to my friends that would invite me over when we'd have like skirmishes over who got all the stars or acorns. And then guess what? Mom, pronounce throwing me around. Get throw them out. Get them out. And they'd get thrown out on the street. Uh, and then you weren't their friends anymore. Uh, oh no, I was their friend because I had Mega Man Four. All right, uh, they invited me over. <laughs> um, but. Yeah, it was just, it was kind of hilarious how, like, video games back in the day would legitimately get me thrown out of friends' houses, and this was a <laughs> primary candidate for that. Um, but this was one of my favorite games at, back on NES. Mm. I beat it multiple times. And it also was designed in a nice way for an NES game where you had, like, multiple paths you could play through. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, um... I always forget that. It was awesome. I mean, that's, it added to the replayability for sure. Man, um, this is like, this got a good, good beat to it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's got a... It's got a little like a cool like little riff here, right here. I love that little that little riff right there. It's weird because I want to put it in a nightclub, but it maybe maybe it's a little too fast for the club. Hold on, let's let's give it a shot. Hold on. Dun, 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 dun. I have a martini, <laughs> sir. Oh no, not that kind of club. No, no, not a oot club. No oot. No oot. No, this club has no oot. We're talking classy, classy damn kid. No, we're talking. Pardon me, ah, Bart. You can do like a really fun like like yeah. dance, dance hall like kind of reggae thing with yeah, this. Yeah, but don't you, don't you hear more of like a kind of coming into the jazz club? You're sitting down, people doing sock hop twirls on the floor. You get the martini from the barkeep. Every. And then I go and at this point is when I leave the club lamenting about our youth. And how they trashed my lovely, <laughs> my, my lovely, you know, classy bar scene. Uh, I have a feel a remix coming on with their oont oonts <laughs> and their jumper to gubber and their gabber and their and their jazz mabob everything jazz hop. All right, let, let's keep this let's keep this this party eight bit style. I'm going into uh, Game Boy Color. This is uh, track eight um, or up down Tetris from the game uh, Magical Tetris Challenge by Harumi Fujita again. So we're gonna. Keep with the same composer. Uh-huh. Oh. A popular guy on this episode. <laughs>
the song rules i can listen to this song all day long this is from the game magical tetris challenge for the game boy color by composer harumi fujita and there there wasn't a a track name so i just know it was number eight on my list here and um you fight not fight but you play tetris against oh you fight you fight oh it's a it's a tetris fight it's a battle royale with goofy Goofy's a monster, man. You played Kingdom Hearts, haven't you? Oh yeah, that's true. Goofy, Goofy will throw down. Goofy's a ma- oh no no uh, uh, Daffy was not Daffy. Oh my god, <laughs> Donald. Donald. Goofy yeah. was the brawler. He's the shield. He did da- tackle dashes. I grew up. Stuff. I was a Looney Tunes kid growing up. Well, Looney Tunes was the better of the two. I'm not going to deny that. Oh, but these games are great. This song though is like it's there's so many movements to it. It's really like complex. I feel like I invented a dance just to this track. I feel like it's very the Tetris robot. Do the te- yeah, there you go. Like I'm basically doing robot motions, dropping blocks in, twisting them, and turning them in. <laughs> Actually, uh, if you watch the uh, gameplay of this of this game, they're, they're, um, in the little corner it's just Tetris, but in the corner is like your little character, like Mickey or, or Donald or something, and they're actually doing like. They're moving their arms around like they're moving the pieces around. Oh, really? Yeah, so it looks like they're doing the robot. That's pretty cool. So it's like my own way. I'm kind of channeling the game right now. Absolutely, yeah. But even when it like loops around right here, it's just, it sounds like there should be lyrics to this song, like, like, um, like a love song. This is a, this is, this is a love song to Tetris, I think. (laughs) Well, Mm. I think so. I mean, well, I realize as you, as you mentioned this game to me, because I feel like I've heard of this, but loosely, Mm. I think Disney may well have a bit of a history with having like famous puzzle games with their stamp on it. Like, I know there's a Disney Meteos. Okay. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. It has, and just like this, it has power-ups added to it. Well, I think Disney was probably like, you know, let's, let's get on the, the big, popular franchises and just stick their their names on it because they, it's smart maybe money. it was the money yeah maybe it was the money I, I don't know but um oh god this song though so yeah harumi fujita i gotta find more of uh of her work because there's some fantastic music on these on this on this game in the game uh Chippendale's rescue rangers as well just such such good tracks yeah i mean honestly it sticks with me on it really does stick i've never even played this game before that makes me want to Turn pieces to the to the beat, as it were. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, it's Tetris. Yeah, but it, I does, mean, it does have like kind of an adventure mode where you kind of move Donald or Mickey around, like a, like an overworld map. I gotta say though, man, like but to Tetris, the end of just playing Tetris. Like I gotta say though, even though it's just Tetris, there is there is such a thing as a bland Tetris. As simple as the game is, there are versions <laughs> of Tetris out there where you'll just want you don't want to even touch them. You just put them down and you sob in a corner, wishing you had a better game to play. <laughs> um, Do you have an example? Because that sounds awful. Um. Out the top of my head, no. But I know preferred versions of Tetris are like the um, Tetris DS um, is like pretty much the epitome of Tetris to me. But then there's like Tetris DS. You and I played Tetris DS like crazy. Oh, yeah. Crazy Tetris. When we worked together, oh my God. We used to like just lunch breaks, just battling it out. Oh, I was a killer. We had coworkers coming in the office like, look at these nerds playing uh, DS. You were making me cry. I can never meet you. <laughs> I'm sitting here like I'd slamming the table like, die! Challenge, <laughs> yeah, challenge mode. The challenge mode on those things are so much fun. Mm-hmm. Um, that was Magical Tetris Adventure? No, um, I thought it was Magical Tetris Challenge. Magical Tetris Challenge. It's magical. Imagine. So what's your, what's your second track for now? Well... You know, we couldn't have an episode themed around Disney Capcom games and not talk about what many would call the epitome of Disney Capcom games. What's that for now? Um, oh, was that, that, 
Is that Daffy? Is that Daffy? Yeah, Daffy! <laughs> this game starred Daffy and his nephews, Quackers, Bonkers, and Zuckerman. Um, and they went on crazy adventures trying to thwart the evil Muggs Bunny. Uh, it was a great, <laughs> I'm great... I'm trying to figure out who these characters are. You're like, oh no, you're looking at me. Oh yeah, I'm making them all up. Um, but the game in question is actually DuckTales on the NES. Um, spectacular game. Classic. And I'm choosing a spectacular track from that game. Um, that track will be from the game DuckTales. The track is called Not the Moon. Um, that's right. You heard me. I didn't yeah, choose the moon. Not doing the moon. Not doing the moon. I'm going with the Himalayas instead. Nice. Listening to the Himalayas track from the game DuckTales, written and composed by Hiroshige Tanamura. Um, and I think it's hilarious that somehow Rob found a way to inject animal dance into this song, too. <laughs> just, just after that little, like, resolve where it's like, did it, did it, did it, animal dance. But, like, this is my second favorite track from the DuckTales game. This is a really good one. I like this one a lot. It's really good. Like, it's peppy. Oh, totally, yeah. It's got, I mean, it, it, it almost lets you know you're about to get mauled by rabbit snow bunnies and, <laughs> and giant snowballs. Um, it's a good, good track for a fantastic, underappreciated stage. Um, and the funny thing about this game is I've never actually owned it, but I played the living daylights out of it because I had a particular neighbor on my block, old lady, who would invite me over. She would buy video games and invite me over to play them. And give me ice cream to play <laughs> oh, the games. Nice. Yeah. It was like the it was like my first my first true job. I got paid in ice cream to beat video <laughs> games for this lady. It was awesome. Now I never had this one for the NES also, but I had this for the Game Boy and it was I think it was the same stages and everything. Yeah, the same levels and they just basically, you know, downplayed the tracks because they had to, you know, accommodate the jump Game Boy hardware. Game Boy hardware was more advanced. For sound, you mean? So, ladies and gentlemen, the Game Boy hardware uh, supported uh, two channels being uh, left and right. So it had stereo, which the NES did not. Um, it had the third channel, which would normally be a... Uh, and for the NES, had two square waves and a triangle wave. For the Game Boy, one of those channels could be a square wave, a triangle wave, or a sawtooth wave, which the NES couldn't do, which you hear a lot in the 
Castlevania games. Rhythm, ladies and gentlemen, that's rhythm for you. <laughs> I just learned something new today too because yeah, NES, I didn't know that. Yeah, and yeah, put put the headphones on when you play an NES game. It, you can get some. They get some really crazy cool sounds out of it. That's why the Game Boy Color and them have such amazing music. Like, like while the Super Nintendo was going and like. The Game Boy Color was still... They were still producing games for that. And well, the music remember, was Game Boy Color, cool. I think they had better hardware than the original, original Game Boy, I right? Don't, don't think so, no. Man. See, I'm on, when we're done this episode, we're looking up some of the Game Boy renditions to this bad boy because now I, I, we, we got to do this. We got to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd, li- I'd like to hear. It's probably going to be really, really similar, if not the same, because they just could use the same... The same files, you know, the same the same sounds. Mm-hmm. Okay. But what's interesting is this this part right here is the lead sound. Sounds really cool. Like it's got that kind of high pitch, kind of ringy sound. So it sounds kind of like a like a jazz organist, kind of just getting down on the really high notes. I feel maybe there's like a, just a lot of jazziness going on with these Disney Capcom games. I mean, like my both of my tracks apparently had some sort of jazz esque vibe oh, yeah. going on. Well, jazz jazz is a deep theme throughout this episode, and I got some jazz at the end of the show. Oh but, um, man! Actually, my next track is is very very different. I wanted to go into the Super Nintendo uh, catalog of Disney Capcom games, and there's a few of them. And the one I picked from is the game called uh, Bonkers, just Bonkers. And I'm not really even familiar with the cartoon it's based on. Oh, I could fill in those blanks. All right, you can. Yeah, is a cat who's a cop so I, I like that already <laughs> um so i'm choosing the uh this is called the map of hollywood um from the game bonkers for the super nintendo and i don't have a composer no i do yeah i do norihiko togashi hey getting slick smooth smooth release smooth it out You are listening to Bonkers for the Super Nintendo. This is the Map of Hollywood by the composer Norihiko Togashi. I've got to say, this does not sound like I expected to hear from a Bonkers title. Yeah, no, the rest of the soundtrack is like super high energy, like jazzy kind of sock hop type music like the rest of the games, which kind of makes sense, you know, being like Disney madcap adventure cartoon stuff but this uh i really like the map music it's just super relaxed it's got like that kind of violin that reminds me of um madonna strike a pose oh yeah if, strike if, a pose in fact <laughs> i feel inclined to believe that this has a almost secret of mana tone to it oh no yeah that's true yeah i didn't think about that yeah very secret of mana-esque um, so you think bonkers is like hacking away at weird bunny creatures in the forest Oh, he's totally going around and releasing the energy from the mana seeds from the various <laughs> corners of Toontown. Let's do the rest of the episode like that. <laughs> well, I forgot to mention, Talking too. Talking to a super sexy Pernell over there. Oh, yeah. I gotta, gotta <laughs> bring it real low for this really yeah. I don't know if I, can, I, don't know if, I don't know if our microphones can pick up how sexy that is. Oh, they got it. Oh, they got it. Um, 
Oh, you mentioned earlier <laughs> I heard about it. Bonkers, the show. I love it, yeah. Now, I've never personally played the game, but <laughs> I have watched the show. Now, the show features Bonkers, a tune, who works with humans as a police officer, and he is the tune influence that works with them as they handle tune-related cases. And he has this thing where he's really energetic <laughs> as he's discussing matters with his cohorts and compatriots. And he goes, Hey, Miranda! We have a little tomb thing's going on. This is a tomb town, Miranda. Tomb town. So is this like Who Framed Roger Rabbit territory? In many it respects. I'm going to get yeah. my voice back. i got to stop. No, no, no. no. I mean, no. back to... But like, it sounds like you were going to talk about your automobile. Automobile. <laughs> this is the largest automobile I could afford. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Should that therefore make me the object of fun? Um, but no, no, it is very, very similar to the Hugh Frame Roger Rabbit motif because it's the same dynamic in the mm. sense of like, you know, human works with cartoon to work with cartoon cases. Gotcha. And his first partner was a guy named Lucky who hated tunes. This whole thing was like, I hate tunes. <laughs> and I was like, oh, come on, Lucky. Tunes are cool. They make you laugh and hit you with pies and whatever he would do. And um, then later, <laughs> for some inexplicable reason, Lucky pulled a Judy from Family Matters and just disappeared. And then <laughs> came Miranda. No one liked Judy. No one liked Judy. And poof, she went. And Miranda came in and replaced Lucky. And she was okay with cartoons, but she was more of a straight to his, you know, crazy. And it was a great cartoon. I liked it, honestly. I was sad when it vanished, but it lasted a long time on the Disney afternoon. And this game, of course, is based on that cartoon. Um, it was no, it's no Marsupilami, though. But then again, what is... Never heard of that one. Mars Marsupilami? Like is like is that like salami and marsupials? Some might say he likes salami on an off day. Um <laughs> no, Marsupilami was just this weird cartoon that took place in like a jungle and was like a cat that had a really long bouncy tail, but isn't actually Tigger. That's <laughs> crazy. And it Disney had a lot of like not so much talked about cartoons anymore from the Disney afternoon era and Saturday uh, morning era. Yeah, that was, yeah, I think I got a little, I mean, not, I wouldn't say I was older during that time, but I just, maybe I just, my interest wasn't there anymore. Yeah, I mean, I guess this is when they started getting ridiculous, like, because before <laughs> their MO was they would take pre-existing cartoons like the Aladdin movie and they'd give it an animated series and they'd get a budget Robin oh, Williams yeah, yeah. to do people, the voice of Genie. Yeah, people loved that Aladdin cartoon though, man. Oh, because it was awesome. Like, and then I, you had... You I, had my had, wife loved the Aladdin cartoon. <laughs> you had <laughs> such villains, thing. you had villains with such classic names as Abysmal. Like, who, who comes up with such genius punnery? Oh. Genius, genius people working at the Disney studios. Yes, they were. Absolutely. All right, so let's keep it going. Um, you have another uh, track for us? I, in fact, do. Um, I'm going to go with a much maligned game from the Disney lineup of NES tracks. This one. It's not very well liked, um, at least for a lot of people I've talked to in the past. The game called Mickey Mouse Capades. Ooh. And I got it from the budget bin at Woolworth. <laughs> um, the track that I'm picking is called The Castle and is written and composed by Takeaki Kunimoto.
Welcome back to Rhythm and Pixels. I just got interrupted by from my crazy dance routine here because this is danceable <laughs> for me. But the track you're listening to is The Castle Stage from Mickey Mouse Capade, written and composed by Takeaki Kunimoto. This is a solid track from a very frustrating title <laughs> of my childhood. Um, Was this also a, like a side-scrolling yeah, thing? Yeah, no, but side-scrolling. Think of it more like a... How did, Think more like Kid Icarus's dungeon stages, where you there's like room, but you go room to room, and there's like stuff you can find in each room, and you're ultimately trying to find the exit in a large environment. Oh, so it's kind of kind of puzzly in a way. Yeah, some of the levels are side scrolling though. I mean, like the ocean stage, if I recall, was a side scrolling stage, but the first stage, the fun house, is room to room. Well, tell the us castle about this, is also room to room. Tell about this castle because this castle's got kind of like a circusy kind of thing going on, right? It was a bullcrap stage. Um, <laughs> My memories are hazy. The things I remember most about the game is the way it played, which was that you controlled Mickey and Minnie Mouse, and you threw stars, magic stars, at weird enemies like uh, spiders and fish. And I know you were trying to chase after Pete to get something back from him. (laughs) Whatever that was, I don't freaking know. But what I do know is that this was one of those games that had that really awful gameplay gimmick that a lot of games had back in the day where you could shoot stars... And sometimes you'd hit something in the middle of the air that was just like a hidden wall, and you uh, kept shooting it until you revealed something. But sometimes that hidden thing was a crock of crap <laughs> in the form of a monster that could kidnap Minnie Mouse, and you'd have to go Ooh. find her and the level that you're in or whatever. And it's probably all, like, randomized, and so... Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, rough, if it wasn't randomized as a kid, I didn't know any better because I didn't remember when monsters would pop out. I just shot things that seemed like they had invisible stuff. Like, ooh, hidden item. This could be an invincibility. Nah, this monster just steals Minnie Mouse because Minnie Mouse clearly can't fight back against whatever this thing is. Ugh. And Mickey can't do his <laughs> job to not let her get taken away. This game made no freaking sense. But it was a fun frustration. And by that, I mean I actually did complete it as a child. Um, but yeah, we like the challenging. We, I think we, I think I personally still enjoy like the really challenging games. Oh, yeah, man. I mean... Typically, I'm like one of the rare people I know now. Is like if I get a new game, I don't use my age as like you know a reason to say I'm going to put on easy mode because I'm not like I used to be. Like no, let's go on hard mode, man. I'm stepping <laughs> it up. I always try to start things like on the default normal style. I used- and, unless I know that there's like some kind of hidden special ending or thing of that like oh you want to play hard because you want to see this thing. I'm like okay. I used to do that. The problem is nowadays time is not on my side for replays. And in addition to that, like, we have the trophy slash achievements thing. And as much as I don't want to admit to (laughs) being a fool for them, I like the fact that they can at least show my friends that Pernell did do this. I know, like, it hits, like, some part of that, of your brain that's like, oh, no, it feels good when that thing happens. The ding! So make it happen again, and then everyone else can see it. That's right. I get the ding! (laughs) Get get the ding! Shoot the guy in the face, get the bonus super, I killed the game all hard, and and the ding (laughs) pops up, and I'm smiling about it, and, like, my friends look at us like, we don't care about Pernell's achievements. I'm like, you better start. But, um, yeah, so I still, to this day, am a huge proponent of playing games on a challenging difficulty so you can feel that sense of accomplishment, Mm -hmm. not the... You know, supplement not the replacement for you know like lifetime goals accomplishment. But if I'm playing a game, I want to feel like I did something when I'm done. I don't want to feel like I just got pushed through to beat the game so I could buy the next one on the shelf. Right, right, absolutely. Well, let's um, I think we're coming out of Disney games here, so let's let's scroll this one down. Scroll down. Let's use the scroll wheel on my mouse to turn the volume down. <laughs> scroll down. <laughs> I'm gonna just use this scroll wheel to back out of that 
you know, slip of the tongue there. Just gotta, just gotta scroll. I just gotta back out of this conversation here. Back away. Just paid out of it. All right, great. So we're now with volumes down. It's time for the bonus round. Bonus round. The bonus round portion of the show is when we talk about, uh, I'm sorry, talk about, we listen to covers and remixes within today's theme. Today's theme is Capcom Disney games. So you know that there's going to be plenty of DuckTales covers and remixes, and there's all sorts of good stuff out there. Um, I found um, a cover, like a jazzy cover from the game Chippendales Rescue Rangers. This is called Kitchen Events, um, which is Zone B from Chippendales Rescue Rangers, and it's by Pablo Bubin. Pablo Bubini featuring the band, the um, the Russian jazz like uh, group, Harm Harmsing. Harmsing. Oh, 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 
<laughs> yeah, that was uh, uh, Pablo Bubini and the group Harmsing with the game Kitchen Events from the game Chippendales Rescue Rangers. That was Zone B. That was beastly. Like, beastly. Zone beastly. I mean, that was... Yeah, I was not expecting that at all when I first heard this track. And for the record, I just want to clarify, this was the track I was going to choose, <laughs> the original version, mind you. And then when he mentioned that he had a remix in store from this stage, it's like, well, I'm not going to double down on the same stage. Yeah. So I backed out, and I am so glad that I did that because that was superb. Yeah, so um, all this past week I've been posting... Not, not when we've been recording it, but this past week I've been posting on the Facebook page uh, music from the group Harm Sing. They do all sorts of fantastic stuff. There's a really great cover from uh, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Tournament Fighters and a really, a surprise. really good long uh, rendition of um, from a song from Chrono Trigger, which is just fantastic. These these guys are and girls are amazing musicians, multi-instrumental, just Fantastic stuff. The track. I need to look up. Apparently, he mentioned that there was a track they did for the game Roller Games. Yeah, I think that was Pablo Bubini, specifically Roller Games. So, yeah, if you want to go check them out, go to soundcloud.com slash Bubini, B-O-O-B-I-N-I. And then I'll also have the links to uh, the Harm Sing group on YouTube. I think it's just youtube.com slash the Harm Sing. And uh, they're Russian, so can't find out a whole lot about them. I've seen them on some Russian, like, uh, like social media type stuff, but otherwise I don't see him on the usual suspect places like Bandcamp or anything like that. Basically what he's telling you is he's giving you guys an awesome side quest to embark on. Yeah, this is like, this is your side quest. This is, you know, VGM Daipoken. <laughs> yes. Venture into the unknown, <laughs> a language which none of us can speak or read and find some awesome tunage yeah, because it just, it's worth it. Just ran into these guys. Fantastic music. So um, what's your track, Brunel? I just like how it's kind of funny how both of the cover tracks that we chose this episode are from my favorite tracks in their respective games. Okay. Because just as that was my favorite track in Chip and Dale, the track I picked is my favorite track from DuckTales, oh. which is why I chose the Himalayas, which was my second. And this is from the level, at, not the moon. Oh, okay, <laughs> the moon is great, but there's plenty of moon this, covers out exactly. there. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead and look them up. Rental Floss does lyrics to it. They crack me up every time. I think that was his first one, actually, oh wasn't God. it? I, I, That's I, what put him on the map. Every time, like, all right, I won't, a little bit longer, I'll, I'll like... I'll, I, I just sit down and every once in a while I go, I'm a duck, oh my God. <laughs> I'm a duck, oh my God. It's so good. Like that, like I said, that was the one that put him on the map for like oh that whole God. what if X hat lyrics deal. Like, cause that was a solid track. Sometimes, that, yeah. Like when I'm like, like really tired and I'm waking up for work, I'm now like trying to drink a whole lot of coffee to stay awake. All I could think is you have gone insane. <laughs> Crazy. Ducks in space. Whoa. Right, right, so, diverging. So but, what is your favorite track from DuckTales? The African Minds. Oh, that is a good track. Mm-hmm. Right, so and this track is a cover of that done by a group that goes by the name Nostalgia Tunes hmm. and is composed of two members, Justin Blagg and Ivan Blade. So let's give this a nice relaxing jam session. Cool. African Minds cover from the game DuckTales.
back. Man, that I'm sitting here playing my little fake bass, just slapping the strings, slapping the side, just <laughs> grooving. This is that kind of track. There was so much funk straddling in that thing. It's oh, yeah. insane. That, that bass, that bass line on that was really, really good. That was called Nostalgia Tunes? Yeah, they're a group called, they go by Nostalgia Tunes, and it's Justin Blagg and Ivan Blade. Yeah, you check them out on Facebook at facebook.com slash Nostalgia Tunes Music, or um, on YouTube, they have all like their music, and it's all done up with like two like the games and stuff, and you can see them playing bass and drums. That's um, youtube.com slash Nostalgia Tunes Music. A part of me, and if they listen to this show, Maybe they can verify this. I don't know. But I read the name Ivan Blade, and the first thought I had was that that guy actually made up a pseudonym using two characters' names from River City Ransom because that would be <laughs> perfect. That's what he did. I'll, I'll be emailing them this week, so I'll ask them. Oh, sweet. Because they, they could be, or maybe he just has a really cool name. That is also true. <laughs> Either option wins. So for more information about the artists on our bonus round episode, check out the website. RhythmandPixels.com will have links to their um, artist pages, YouTubes, and Facebooks. We want to thank you for uh, listening today and joining us on our Capcom Disney Focus. This has been episode 3 6. Been an awesome episode, and I'm dancing to this right now. It's too good. <laughs> we, we, we did too good with choosing this track. Oh. Yeah, we don't usually talk about the ending track. This is from Goof Troop. Goof Troop's got some funk tracks. Yes, it does. Yeah, this, was, this was a really tough. There was, I had to make some tough decisions for the show, so it's always nice when we have like a little little extra bonus at the end to like listen to some of the tracks we might have missed and i had a thought during this episode too i'm not sure if we're going to do the other idea that we had which we could talk about after the show but if we don't or even if we do later on at least we got to come back to the thought that you brought up earlier about looney tunes we could have a juxtaposition episode where <laughs> we have the looney tunes games Ooh. and i I don't know off the top of my head if Tiny Konami tune, did Tiny most Tunes of those. fits in those. Yes, Konami did their Tiny Tunes yeah, games, like yeah. a bunch of them, and they're all slamming. Um, so, I mean, honestly, we could just do a whole episode on just different Tiny Tunes games because, I mean, the only other one I can really think of is remember, like Bugs Bunny's Crazy Castle, but we could have the <laughs> Looney Tunes equivalent to this episode. I think that's a good idea, but definitely go back to Disney because there's a lot of really, really good Disney games that weren't produced by Capcom. Oh, yeah, for sure. In fact, a lot of the games that I was planning to look into turned out they weren't even done by yeah, Capcom. I know. I was like, Quackshot. Like, oh, Quackshot was great. Uh, uh, Lion King. Lion King was really good. Genesis Aladdin. Yeah. Oh, that was fun. Yeah, there's, there's, there's like a lot of good options out there. Fantasia, you mentioned that earlier. Yeah, yeah, there's some great Genesis ones that are like co op. Like, like Mickey Mouse, Donald stuff going on. It's really good stuff. Oh, and one of my favorite tracks, which will likely be one of my choices, Mickey Mania. You ever play that? Um, no, I don't think I have. It was just like a game based around like different cartoons from Mickey Mouse's history. Oh, that's cool. It was like, you know, I think there was like a Steamboat oh, Willie up the yeah, stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have there. seen that one. That was cool. It's a really cool game and it has some slamming tunes in it. Oh, so. Wasn't there a new one that came out that was like Dark Mickey? Oh, Epic Mickey. Epic Mickey? I have one of them, never sat down with it, but my friend's wife played Epic Mickey and she one, seemed to dig it. There's multiple. There was two. There was it two. Was, yeah, but then the second one kind of bonked because originally the premise of Epic Mickey, huh, funny topic we're going to. But <laughs> no, I'm just curious. It was like, it was basically, it was it reflected on the original Disney character, which was Oswald Rabbit. 
And basically, he was running amok in, I guess, Mickey's Toon World with uh, basically stealing the color or something jazz like that. And Mickey had a magic paintbrush that he would use to try to fix things. Mm. And he was trying to go after Oswald. And then the second game was The Power of Two. And basically, Oswald and Mickey worked together. Oh, okay. That's fun. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, the first one got a decent bit of praise, and I liked what I did play of the game, but the second one I didn't do much with, so I couldn't comment one way or the other. Hmm. But, yeah, there's so many good options that we could go back to. There's like a lot of episodes we have this situation where it's like, I'm glad that it exists because that means we have episode <laughs> topics for days upon days. Yeah, I almost don't want to go back to any previous topics. Maybe like when we get past like 50 or something, we'll go back and maybe check some other ones out. But in order to get that far without that, we could use some suggestions yeah. from the fans. If you got some suggestions um, or just, you know, if you want to just drop us a line, tell us how we're doing, send us an email. Rhythm and Pixels at Hotmail.com. Um, for full track listings and um, for more information about the show and the um, artists on the show, check out the website. RhythmandPixels.com. All big. <laughs> and if, um, if you like what you're hearing, please hit the subscribe button on your uh, podcast listening player. Uh, on iTunes, hit the subscribe button. Give us a rating. Let us let us know. Like Leave us a comment. It just helps us out. And, um, yeah, that, that's, that's all I've got. Or just talk to us about some really awesome tunes, yeah. guys. Can I mean, I, yeah. yeah. Hit us up on Facebook. I'm always like trying to like find uh, different like artists and different like styles of cover music, and I'm posting them up on Facebook every once in a while. So facebook.com slash rhythm and pixels. And I just post like dumb funny gifs on Twitter. So that's just rhythm and pixels. And I just honestly I'm more of the Facebook side of things i just like like, talking about music or game interests whatever people want to jam on about so and also you might hear me limit or lament over the fact that i need to work on my bonkers impression because it just wasn't (laughs) crackling i thought it was pretty good i thought it was pretty good you're so yeah you listen back to the episode i think you'll think you'll like it all right (laughs) maybe i will well you have a good time at asan i know that's coming up so when this episode comes out you'll be probably just coming back yeah and we're also going to be finishing up our panel there we have a turn-based critics panel this year um, it's our, I think it's like our eighth year, wow. eighth or ninth. Really? Mm-hmm. It's mainly a panel that was born in the idea of late night diner talk, so to speak. <laughs> like me and you and your friends go out to the diner, you get yourself a sandwich and a, you know, Rudy Tootie fresh and fruity breakfast. <laughs> and you're just like, man, remember that cool RPG we played back in the day? That was really something. That game sucked. Now, is this a different thing that you did, but... Or maybe it was like the same thing where you had like a panel that was like RPGs that aren't Final Fantasy. Yeah, that's the one. Same one? Yeah, all right. But like basically on the second or third year, we came up with a brand name. We called ourselves the Turn-Based Critics. I like that. That's a cool name. Yeah, I love it, honestly. Like I want to do more with it, even if I don't do ASIN anymore, which I haven't decided yet. I want to do more with that idea because it's just it's an awesome concept, really. Dude, get, get, get those guys involved. We can do like a sister podcast. I want Or we can do like a combined thing, get them on Skype. Actually... You know, that's a good idea. You got some friends, man. I'm, I'm, you think I'm joking. I'm going to take that with me out oh. there. I'm going to inquire about it. Maybe at least two of them, I might be able to get them on board for like, you know, lending their voices to the Turn-Based Critics Podcast. Could be a whole network of shows going on, cool. man. Yeah. All right. That's it. Um, again, we are Rhythm and Pixels, the video game music podcast. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernell. Have a great day. And keep that imagination flying. Disney magic, Capcom magic, whatever you need, wherever you got. Because cartoons are freaking fantastic. Tunes. It's, it's the tunes. 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 <laughs> <laughs>